Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You know what I did before I recorded this? I walked down the street and I lifted up my shirt to reveal my bollocks. Somebody said, what are you doing? And I didn't get arrested or anything. And then I came in here and I said, well, I'm actually just on my way to record a podcast and talk bollocks. Of course, the name is a little bit fun, but I just really must stress that bollocks boxer shorts are just serving a purpose to remind men to check themselves every time they pull those boxer shorts up. That's why the brand was started. Really good quality boxer shorts, extremely comfortable, really stylish in loads of different colours, and you can use the discount code BARMYARMY to get your 10% off at at www.mybollocks.co.uk and First Class Barmy Army members can enjoy even further discounts by logging into their members section on barmyarmy.com. And by the way, you know, if you do want to see a funny video of me flashing my bollocks on YouTube, just go to the Barmy Army YouTube channel. It'll all make sense on there. <laughs> Let's get into the podcast where I'll be talking bollocks. Welcome back to the Shackles Are Off podcast. This one is episode number 44, I think. 44. Jack Brooks and Chris Millard. That's not bad, is it? Creeping up to 50, aren't we? Uh, it is old. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> what are you saying, mate? <laughs> Let's say, hey, you. How many podcasts we've done? Gags. Absolute gags. I feel it sometimes. You know that. Yeah. Yeah. Can imagine. Yeah. Talking of that, Brooksy, before we start talking about all our other nonsense, how's training going? How's the hands? <laughs> Hands all right. Achilles getting much better, mate. Um, I start. I did my first run yesterday, uh, which is a big milestone for me. And I wasn't too sore after. And this morning I'm walking reasonably normal as well. So I'm used to walking like a, an invalid, basically. Um, a little bit of ice yesterday after my run helped, I think. So yeah, it's all looking good at the minute. So I'm just taking each week as it comes, and hopefully, fingers crossed, I'll be available for selection first game. But um, if not, then just want to make sure I'm right for the majority of the season. How's, how's the balance, Brooksy? The balance? Well, I find balance is the true test is when you've had a few jars and you're trying to throw a few shapes. So, <laughs> which I haven't done for a while, either of them. No, nobody has. We could all just be falling around like, you know, complete lunatics. Yeah, exactly. The uh, announcement was yesterday. It's going to be mental in June, July, isn't it? I know. Oh. 
1999. 21st of June, isn't it? 21st, 22nd, England vs Czech Republic at Wembley. Yeah. And guess who's got guess who's got tickets to that, Brooksy? <laughs> um, it's not you, and it's probably Chris, isn't it? Yeah, unbelievable. Look at that. I mean, look. I mean, that is some timing. If it all goes to plan, which I don't know, we'll see. But also, fans back in cricket grounds. I mean, more to the point, that'll be quality playing in front of the Taunton faithful. I mean, for you, Brooksy, that'll be quality. And Chris, we'll talk about what that means for the Barmy Army as well. But, Brooksy, that'll be awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's what sport's all about, isn't it? Playing in front of live crowds. Um, it adds to, the, obviously, the atmosphere, but pressure points in the game can change as well. Um, I think we've all been craving it, not just the players, but people who want to watch the sport as well. Like, I would love to go and watch some live sport as much as play cricket in front of people. So, um, it's going to be pretty emotional and pretty strange when it does happen again, but it'll be fantastic when it the You'd like to think the atmosphere would just slightly be more livelier than normal, wouldn't you? Wow. <laughs> Could be unbelievable, Chris. I mean, what's it mean? What's it mean from a Barmy Army perspective? I'm sure that the fan, you know, you probably can't really plan ahead too much at the moment. But I mean, just the thought of it, the fact that actually you're going to be able to go and cheer England on, and you know, get all the events going, and I mean, look, the Ashes as well. That's a massive thing as well. I mean, that must have taken a bit of a U-turn. Um, in the last few days. So, I mean, I can see you grinning away here, by the way, as I'm asking you all these questions. I bet you're just over the moon, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely, mate. It's just been um, it's been a really tough period, like the, the past year for everyone, I think, since the South Africa tour has been really, really tough for so many reasons. And we're no different as a small business, but also a members organisation that is people's enjoyment. And it's been really tough to not bring them any joy recently. And we find it in forms of singing songs in cricket stadiums and having a good time, but we've not been able to do it for a long, long time. And to have a little bit of glimmer of hope and to still have some tickets left post the 21st of June is really exciting. So we're looking to get all of our allocations sold out as quickly as possible. We've still got tickets left at barmyarmy.com and hopefully we'll have an amazing little boom period after the 21st of June. But I don't want to get too excited just yet. And I don't think, I think what we've learned over the last 12 months is don't put all your eggs in one basket because they might get thrown out. And I, I just, a bit of caution to the wind still, but um, a little bit of excitement as well. Just a bit. Um, I mean, look, there are other ways that you can support England and sort of just get involved in the cricket chat. As obviously, if you're listening to this, you're doing it in one way. You're kind of getting involved in all the cricket by listening to our podcast. There's also Barmy Army TV. By the way, we've had so much fun um, with that. Have you seen any of this, Brooksy? I mean, if you haven't, it's fine. But have you seen any clips and stuff of this flying about? Only the ones that you've put on social media. Mm, yeah. Well, I, I would... I would go crack. I would recommend it because we've got, I mean, th this week, as we put this podcast out, um, we'll have put out our sort of next episode and we've got Zach Crawley on. And look, I know we've had him on the pod, but he's so fun. Like, he's actually such a good lad. And we've, you know, we've had some brilliant guests on, haven't we, already, Chris? We had Bumble on last week. The full Q&A from Bumble's available online to have a look at. That is just worth, I mean, I think what the full thing is like 17 minutes long of that. I just cannot recommend it highly enough. I've watched it this morning before we came on here. It is so fun. Yeah. <laughs> What's that, I might, Chris? I might, watch, I might watch the Bumble one, but I can't. Is Zach Crawley going to have your trousers down again? Uh, well, we did say we did we did fire him a warning shot, didn't we, Chris? Beforehand. 
It, it was discussed, yeah. He, he, um, we had a Q&A with him and it was asked Zach and there was some very funny questions, mainly off the England players that asked him questions, but um, also from fans as well, from the Barnham members. So definitely one to um, keep an eye on on YouTube. Yeah, really good. Um, also, there's other ways that people can get involved. Something about writing for the Barmy Army, Chris, as well. Yes. So we've got a website that is trying to bring people up to date, content in the written form, as well as all the other forms that we bring cricketing news to people. We want to hear from the fans, though. We want to hear from Barmy Army members. We're giving away two tickets for next summer, as well as the two tickets we're giving away for the podcast giveaway. But we're giving two tickets away for anyone who wants to write 400 to 700 words on who has been England's cricket player of the season so far and why. It's called a View from the Stands. You'll find it at barmyarmy.com forward slash right. And, and this will be open from the next test match. And we just want to hear from everyone who sat at home, anyone that fancies themselves as a bit of a, a writer or a bit of a journalist, we'd love to hear from them. Perfect. Yeah, get those in. Get those in. Those two test tickets as well. Or oh, they'll be like gold dust come. The summer, won't they? They'll be like absolute gold dust. Um, just also um, talking about those tickets on the giveaway. Um, look, obviously we've still got a couple of tests to go. It's the pink ball test coming up. I do have our guesses just to recap because I'd forgotten actually what we'd all said on the India preview podcast that we did a few weeks ago before the test series started. Um, Brooks, you said Stokes would be the highest run scorer with four nine two, and Leach would take twenty wickets. Chris, you said Rooty, 638 runs. Stuart Broad, 19 wickets. Um, and I'd said Rooty, 612. And I said Bessie, 22 wickets. So, I, I don't think any of us are going to be winning those Test Match tickets. But um, we'll, we'll recap. And um, if you do sort of want to get involved, I mean, it's too late to get involved now. But if you do think, oh, I've got a bit of a chance here. Just do a bit of a refresher and perhaps just email in with photographic evidence, with time codes of your guest from, from this sort of preview podcast sort of competition. Because we need, we want to see them in, don't we? We want to see them. I want them all collated and we want like a sort of a, a close leaderboard leading up to it. Because uh, I don't think we've got a bloody chance of uh, <laughs> managing to scour the web to find someone. And also, I'd forgotten what we'd even said. So, um, yeah. Yeah, I can't remember what I did yesterday, let alone a few weeks ago. No. Yeah. And, you know uh, what the odds are right, but it's really hard. It's like a lottery, isn't it? Oh, what, to get it bang on? Oh, but you've got no... It's almost It's almost impossible to get it bang on, isn't it? I think someone's going to do it now. So. There's always a chance. You're yeah. saying there's a chance. Yeah, we are saying there's a blooming chance. And also, I'll tell you what, there was... Um, there was so many entries as well, so good luck sifting through. That's basically what we're doing, basically being lazy and saying, if you think you've got a chance, just resend them in again. Thank you. Um, <laughs> um, our podcast guest this week is Mark Wood, um, who is excellent. And Brooksy, you know, we've had a few guests on recently who you've not known particularly well. I mean, Ricky Clark was a brilliant guest last week, actually. He was absolutely brilliant as a guest. Um, but... For you, what about, I mean, Woody, you've, you've toured with the bloke. So, I mean, he's just mad as a box of frogs, isn't he? <laughs> he's a live wire, I'll give him that. He's very entertaining to have around on tour in changing rooms. You can see why he's a really popular member of the squad and with supporters as well, because, um, you know, he's really engaging, isn't he? And he makes people laugh. That um, swimming in the bath video he did last week in lockdown, and not lockdown, um, isolation. Josie might have lost it for a, for a few minutes. But, um, no, he's brilliant. And he's 
he's really intelligent and great to talk to about cricket as well. And he's he's had some decent highs and some horrible lows over the last four or five years. So, um, you know, it was great to talk to him. I think if if there was one cricket player in the current England setup, past or present, actually, that is the most likened to a Army touring person, it would probably be Mark Wood. And he's shown that over the years by um, singing from the stands when we weren't allowed in at Southampton, singing Jerusalem. And, and he is the chief song maker up for the England team. And he's very proud of that, um, that statement and that role in the team. And he's very good at it as well. I know he's made a few songs up for the Barmy Army before and DM'd us saying, what do you think to this for Jimmy, lads? And we're like, yeah, we'll give that a sing for you, mate. No worries. So he's, he's an absolutely smashing bloke and he can never do enough for the fans or, or for everyone who's involved with cricket. So he was brilliant job on the pod. Yeah, he's an absolute diamond. Looking forward to uh, listening to this again, actually. So uh, Mark Wood is our next guest here on the Shackles Rock podcast. Um, in the meantime, do get in touch with us, info at barmyarmy.com. Get involved with the competition. Tweet any of us as well, any ban, any little secret stories that you've got about any of the others. Um, Chris, you're raising your hand in a... In a it like, <laughs> I'm just looking on Zoom. This is hilarious, isn't it? It's like, ooh, look like a teacher. This is what homeschooling's like. It's the closest I've come to that. I didn't want to interrupt because you, you were in the full flow, but I just want to give a quick shout out to Tapo, who's DM'd me on Twitter saying he's loving the podcast. He travelled solo to the last Ashes tour and would encourage others to do so in the future and made me feel so welcome at farmy events and made friends for life. Hoping it will be the same for the Ashes and the Windies next year. Keep up the great pods. Cheers. So cheers, Tapo. Top man. Anyone cheers, else? Tapo. Cheers, Tapo, legend. That's oh, what man. we want. That's great, isn't it? Travelling on your own to an Ashes series and making memories for, and friends for a lifetime. Brilliant, isn't it? Not knowing what you're going to get. It's fantastic. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Hey, perfect. Um, any more correspondence? Get in touch with us, like we said. But um, I tell you what, enough of us Muppets. We'll get into it. Mark Wood on the Shackles Are Off podcast. And Chris, put that hand down. <laughs> First things first, I do want to talk to you a little bit about your quarantine. It's clearly got to you with that swimming video the other day in the bath. I mean, <laughs> what, what's the thinking behind that? And I do know you just said just off air before we came on, you've actually been in a real swimming pool. So which one was better? Um, well, I think that the, the real swimming pool, I mean, the bath was just a little bit too tight, if I'm honest. I mean, you probably saw that my feet couldn't go anywhere. so. Yeah, the real swimming pool just for the just for the size. Um, although I did like the intimacy of the bath, the fact that I felt like I was in training mode there, whereas the swimming pool was like game mode. I was back into the real thing. So, um, look, quarantine wasn't that bad. I didn't think like it's not it's not great when you you you're stuck in a room and stuff. But I get bored quite quickly. But you know, you, you looked after really well. You have a comfy bed and you get good food, so it's not that bad. Could be worse. You get bored easy, do you really? No, it's hard to believe, isn't it? But uh, yeah, I do. Um, the last hotel, I was um, trying to work out if I could build a fort in the hotel um, with the furniture. But this furniture, the furniture in this hotel wasn't great for that. So um, I had to just stick to the swimming pool and the bath. <laughs> for the next hotel, you know, I'm bad. Will you be building a fort if they've got the 
Well, no, because I'm out of quarantine now. There's no need to do it. But, um, I mean, Southampton in the summer, that was, you know, I was weighing it up there. Um, that wasn't good either. So it's it's all about the angles, if you've got the right seating um, and how much how big your duvet is. If it, if it covers big ground, then you've got a chance. You need, to tweet. you need to be the skipper. Have a word of Ruth to see if he'll swap rooms with you next quarantine. Uh, he, his room just tends to be a little bit bigger than mine, so there'll be plenty of furniture to play with there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, quality look we want to talk a bit about you mate if that's all right um and uh look i i was just uh, we had graham onions on the pod a few weeks ago and he was great and very complimentary of you as well and um his kind of start in cricket you know it's obviously quite a football orientated place where he grew up i guess it was quite similar for you so yeah you know what's the cricket thing all about um good question i think um, is it is an area, um, Ashington, my area, and Bunny's was probably the same. Gated, you know, he played football in the in the winter, um, cricket in the summer, and if you're a bigger lad um, who couldn't play football, he played rugby. So um, I think is it is a sort of we my age group, my junior teams and stuff. We had good role models, and Ben Harmison was a couple of years older. Stephen Harmison was playing for England. So, um, and as well, the cricket club was like, as I'm sure Brooksy and, and other people know this well, the cricket club was sort of the hub of the area. The, the community was there. People would come for a drink and watch the cricket on a Saturday and everybody would sort of, family and friends would meet there. So it wasn't just a sort of cricket club. It was a social side of thing as well that um, drew people in. So, um, yeah, all, although I haven't met it as a Premier League footballer, I'll take it being an England cricketer. <laughs> is it is it surreal for you going back? Because obviously, if Harmy's your hero and you're growing up watching him and knowing what an impact that had on you, and then you go back now, are you oblivious to the fact that you might have the next legend come through, or you have, how much an impact you're having on sort of younger generations? Yeah, um, I th- well, I got to take the World Cup up there. I mean, I grew fifty yards fifty yards down the road um, at Ashton. My mum and dad's house is literally just a store and store away, so I used to just walk up with my bag. Um, that you know looked about 150 sizes too big for us. Looked like uh, I was carrying a <laughs> buffalo on my back or something. But I jumped the fence and then into the cricket club. Um, so it was nice to take the trophy up there, show everybody. But it's it's weird for me because I still feel like the same lad that grew up there that you know went up there. But actually, probably Harmy felt the same. But we all looked up to him. So um, I mean, half the cricket clubs decked out in all old England kit and New Balance, uh, old New Balance bats that are, are smashed, or old old gloves. So um, Ashton Cricket Club sponsored by Mark Wood, I think, at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that where um, Jack and Bobby Charlton are from as well? It is. We've, uh, we've, we haven't done bad for a small town. I think it's like 30,000 people live there, um, like an old mining town. Um, we've got Bobby and Jackie Charlton, uh, Kenneth Ferry, the golfer. We had John Inchmore, who was a first class cricket at Worcester. Um, Kenneth Ferry, the golfer, I've just mentioned him. Um, we've got one more. There's one more. We've got a few sportsmen. So, uh, Mark Cullen, he's a footballer, Court Vale. So we've got a few. We've got a few there. Um, we've managed to managed to do all right. Not all. the water up there. You see me just dropping names, and now it's like bang, 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 picking them up off the floor. That was as cool. if I know them all. <laughs> our Jackie, our Bobby. Yeah, we're, we're tight. We're tight. Well, you've all got mansions on the same road, probably, haven't you? So. <laughs> the, Joking, I mean, Harmy could afford the goal fort that would just play out, I think. So, um, <laughs> he, he, he could maybe do, but I'm not sure anybody else could. 
<laughs> quality. You know, look, you've been around the England setup for what six years or something like that now. So, um, I mean, what was? I mean, initial, the initial buzz. I mean, the fact that you've won a World Cup since is is obviously unreal. We'll come on to that in a bit. But sure, surely that initial call up was enough of a buzz around your hometown. That must have caused a bit mm-hmm. of a stir to begin with. Yeah, I think for my for myself, I'll always be viewed as you know the second to Stephen. Stephen's the king, the king of Ashton. Um, uh, he get the, what did he get called the um, uh, Ashton Express? So I think I'm more of the Ashton Choo Choo train, <laughs> the, that next level down. Uh, so he'll always be the king. But um, yeah, look, it's it's great. Like you mentioned, Ashton. There, uh, like it, there must be something in the water. Um, but to to get that first call up, um, Stephen was always in touch with us about around it about you know England legend. He messages um, on the first night. I remember saying uh, the stumps don't move because I had a bit of a bad day on my first day. I took in too much. The cameras, the crowd. It was the first time I'd played at Lords. Every time I'd been with Durham, I was twelfth man. So um, it was like a big big deal. And um, my first game, you know, to receive your cap. I mean, even now, if he, if someone had told us you play once for England, you know, I would never have believed you'd grown up, especially because I was a you know the a number three batsman who bowled little away swingers and um I, I didn't really want to go to any north of England trials or I didn't really want to push myself any further. I was happy to just play football in the winter. Like I mentioned before, cricket in the summer up at Ashton. I was happy in that little bubble, but then, you know, as things progressed and it's like anything when you realise that, you know, I can mix it with these guys or I'm as good as these guys. You start to get that self-belief and then you go up the next level and you think, you know, I'm here on a, a eight tour with Brooksy and that, those lads. And I was thinking, oh, these are miles better than me. But then you start having that self-belief, you know, I'm as good as these guys. And when you get that self-belief, then you really start to think, well, you know, this is something I, I really think I could do well at. Um, and then you want to play more games. As soon as you play that one, it's like a, that it's such a experience that if it's good or bad, you still want to, grasp it next time there's no better feeling than, than playing for England I felt exactly the same on that tour mate so I was both just thinking the same thing so <laughs> but, yeah no, trying to get a gig ahead of like you and Liam and Stokes and stuff is impossible you've got your bog wheels and you can see why you became sort of the nucleus of the World Cup squad like I don't know how many four years later or whatever it was you know, mm. amazing it was great to be around that setup that winter that Lions tour effectively became England's one day side like later that year didn't it yeah I mean we did play at Paul which was the flattest ground I mean I think I think they should burn the wicket to the ground I still <laughs> I still think that now mate I, I, um, well I'm not likely to go back there you might have to you might have probably been back there as well and stuff but, mate uh, I, I've been lying down in bed at night and sometimes I wake up and I go brain no and I'll be like he'd still be batting now wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> so what year was that that you two were on the Lions tour then 2014 2015 yeah, around that time. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, and obviously, Woody went on after that winter and played for England not long after that, I think. That made that summer, wouldn't it? Yeah, that summer, yeah. Was that after the Ashes that, after that? Was... Ashes after that for you, Woody, was it? That summer? Yeah, New, Ze- New Zealand and then Ashes. Um, yeah. And the the South Africa bit was with the Lions was either just before Christmas or around Christmas time, something like that. And um, yeah, it was a, it was a hard tour. Um, both both our team and South Africa's team became the sort of the, the current teams. So the like Rabada played, Chris Morris, um, De Kock played at um, Potchestrum. So they played all the sort of big players, and we took our sort of best 
next best team at the time, which is now the one day team, like Bukti says. So um, it was a it was a good twelve. It was hard. It was hard cricket, um, and it was a bit of an eye opener um, to you know this is what it could be like. You mentioned self belief, Woody, and um, recently we've seen you become a, a bit more of a aggressive or assertive batsman, should we say, especially on the recent South Africa tour. When did your self-belief grow that you were a genuine England all-rounder? <laughs> uh, when my missus was giving us grief on the bowling machine. It was like, just smack him, man, what are you doing? Um, I mean, I, I usually, obviously, I train at Durham or um, I have a, like, you know, a coach that would meet me in Newcastle or something like that. But this one time, there was no one available. Um, so I said, oh, Sarah, my wife, will you come and feed me on the machine? She was like, yeah, come on, what do I do? I said, just put your hand up and put it in. She grilled, I've never had a grilling like that by a coach. I've had every ball, she was like, what are you doing? Do this, do that. I was like, she's never played a game of cricket in her life. And then, you know, I'd give her so much stick. And then I went to South Africa and got them runs. I was like, oh no, she's gonna, that's it. She's, she's gonna be on to me for the rest of my career now. See, it's because of me, you did this, you did that. Um, I mean, I got some stick in the recent, Sri Lanka tour um, when I got out <laughs> batting with Rudy. Uh, but I actually got instructions from the head coach himself to look, try and get a quick 20 if you can, which in my mind is as soon as you feel like you're in, go for it. <laughs> <laughs> never tell a tail end of that, should you? Go and get a quick <laughs> so, 20. Fourth ball, I thought, oh, I've blocked that out the middle. I'm in. That's it. Right <laughs> I'm going for it, yeah. Um, which uh, uh, obviously didn't, didn't come to anything, but I do, I do enjoy batting. Like I, I do try and work at it. Um, I wouldn't say I'm the, you know, I'm nowhere near obviously a good batter, but it, it is quite thrilling when you, when you get some runs. Like Brooksy first class hundred, that must have been like the best feeling as a bowler. Oh, there you go. It's like the best feeling ever. It, when you get some runs, you're like, this is immense. I don't really talk about my uh, cricket, especially like, around these two, and I reckon they've heard the only oh story they ever hear cricket wise is I keep mentioning my hundred every every day, probably. Well, I've just plugged it again for you. What happened? How many did you get? Ah, uh, hundred nine out. <laughs> in, in a rose in a roses game as well by the way would it you know what chris should we just leave this meeting of minds of great all-rounders to lead to it we'll mute ourselves and you two just crack on if you want <laughs> uh, I mean, you're, you're, you're quite a bit younger than me mate you've got plenty of time to go and get one easily in first class cricket or the thought um... get on the machine with your missus again you'll get on in no time oh don't say that mate should be on it should be watching this <laughs> be on it and then that'll be it see i told you it worked I wanted to ask you if Ruti said anything to you when he came back in the um, changing room in Sri Lanka. Uh, no, he was just like hard lines, mate. Actually, I didn't. I didn't get too much stick. I was thinking, oh god, I'm gonna get barrage here. But I think he was that tired. He was just like, oh, unlucky. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he had any more energy left to grill me. He was just like, unlucky. Uh, yeah, I've, I've got plenty. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Awesome. Um, look, you know, we don't want to talk about injuries too much because you've spoken about all that on the, on the serious cricket chat that you do. But look, here's one for you. If you were sitting there thinking, um, whilst you've got your foot up and your crutches and you've got your blisters on your palms of your hands from all the sort of mooching around on them that you've done and all that, and then basically you end up with a World Cup winner's medal and a trophy to take back to your hometown, that's a fair trade-off, isn't it? Is that a fair trade-off? More than, more than fair, I think. 100% worth it. Um, all the rubbish days or days you're hurt or you know waking up stiff or whatever whatever it may be um, after surgery thinking about rehab it's all worth it for that for that bit to you know I didn't it didn't really sink in for a while for us um, it was like a 
I didn't really enjoy the game. I, I know I've said that before. The, the final itself was very tense. But, you know, a few days later, I, the day I took the trophy to Ashton, the um, local um, counter presented me with a, a sort of um, a, a, a award for, from the town which only a few people have got. And then they introduced me as World Cup winner Mark Wood. And it was the first time I'd heard that. And actually to hear that, I was like, wow, this is, you know, for, for the rest of my life, I can actually say that, that I'm a World Cup winner. So very proud, all the rubbish days, um, totally worth it um, to hear the Countess say World Cup winner Mark Wood. <laughs> Brilliant. The council in Ashington must be sick of getting up on stage, giving everyone... Freedom of the city. For winning. <laughs> he did. He did sigh. Straight away. Another award. Come on, up you get. But his speech was impeccable because he'd obviously done it before. <laughs> Quality from. Um, Willie, just, oh, sorry. Um, leading up to the World, because I was obviously quite close with Liam, and I was speaking to him quite a lot during the World Cup, like in the evenings or day before games and stuff, just casual chat. But there was like, I think it was before the semi. He was so chilled and relaxed and just said, look, I think it's in the stars. I think we're going to win it. And this was like before the semi. Mm. And um, before that, like leading up to it, it was never like as confident as that. It was like, right, it'll be a tough series or a tough match. Right? It was, you know, we've got to play well. But then was it, did you feel that as well? Did you suddenly think, no, we're so good and we're playing that well. We've played to our best. We've got it in the back. Yeah, I think for, for a while, I actually felt you know, that would beat anybody, which is bizarre. I just thought for, for two or three years, no matter who we played, I thought we'll win here. Just someone will, someone will, and it's not like everybody left it to each other, but I always felt like someone in that team will deliver. You know, Rash was phenomenal. Our batting lineup was unbelievable. Someone would always, you know, come up, Wooksy, a new ball spell, Pudsy would come on and get a key weight. Like always something happened. Um, and during the World Cup, it, it only started to, feel tense after we lost um, Sri Lanka was a massive disappointment but when we lost Australia at Lords that was when I was like this could we could actually go that was when I, my mindset was like you know we could actually go out here um, but the morning of the final or the day before the final I think out of everyone I was probably one of the most relaxed and I am never ever ever <laughs> ever like that I would be comfortably one of the worst watchers or most anxious people going um, when it comes to the cricket but I don't know. I just felt strangely like we've done everything. We're prepared. Um, this is what we've done all this stuff for. Um, let's give it a good go. And I, I truly believe that we were the best team. It's it's so bizarre, but I guess like we mentioned self-belief before, we all knew our rules. We all knew that we were a good team and that we'd been through different situations. We'd lost. We'd also lost in Champions Trophies when conditions were different. So we'd learned. Um, we could be off Scotland. So as much as we had the massive highs, we'd also had some lows. So yeah. I think we were just prepared to deal with it. Amazing. What are your memories from the day like, Woody? Such a special day for so many people, everyone across Aye. the country. What was it like? I hated it. I hated it. <laughs> hated the day. I hated it. Everybody keeps saying, oh, what amazing. The, the end was euphoric and, you know, I've never changed how I felt at the end. The best 10 to 20 seconds you could ever have at the end. But... Um, I didn't enjoy the match, if I'm honest. And uh, I mean, the semi-final was awesome. I enjoyed every bit of that. It was all that games during the tournament. I loved um, series. I've loved, but the final, I just found it so tense. Um, the game was, it was so like we're winning, we're losing, we're winning, we're losing, we're winning, we're losing all day. And I just couldn't stop 
that feeling of no matter what happened, that never went away. Like we'd get, we'd hit a four and I'd be like, oh, winning. Dot ball, <laughs> we're losing. We're losing, we're behind the weight. <laughs> like, it was just like that ball game. Like even little things that wouldn't usually bother you, I was bothered about. So it wasn't like we lost a wicket and I was like, oh, we're losing. It was literally like, there's been two dot balls in a row. Something's going to happen. Why? Oh God, we're going to get beat. We're going to lose. Everybody's going to think. And then that was, it was just so tense like that. Then we hit a four, like Joss, I remember I hit a four. And then we hit a two and a three. And I was like, we're on it. We're going to win. Here we go. Like, it just, my, I was up and down so, so much. Um, but the feeling at the end, like I say, was euphoric. So, um, I didn't, uh, a bit like the injury side of things, I wouldn't change all that rubbish for the for the bit at the end. Chris, you've, uh, from a Barmy Army perspective, on that, uh, so, on that final day, I mean, you know, it was... Um... There was there was something that sort of pleased you particularly about Woody's approach to bowling and when he was running in. Yeah, I'll let him tell the story, but I think I think we might have heard it. But Woody, um, I know you're a big fan of your song, and especially on that day, is that true? Yeah, uh, I was trying to time my run up so I could get it just to the right point. So the, <laughs> uh, and then shake, and then I'll be in, and that'll be it. I'll be I'll be charging in from that point. So I say, like, Mogi or Pudsey or whoever was a bit off or mid extra call with throws the ball. And it meant me, sometimes I'd walk particularly slowly just so I could time the ah. Uh, and then it would give us that extra little boost to charge in. Um, but we all knew where you were sacked. Obviously, before the game, we'd asked where you would be and we knew that that would be your part of the ground. Um, yeah. And, you know, a couple of the wickets, I remember Wokesies and someone else, I think the point to the Barmy Army when they get the wicket just to say, that's for you guys. Um and it was, it was a great moment at the end. Obviously, we do the lap. And then when we come over, some great videos, some great pictures I've seen where we literally all come together. And there's um, people like on top of chairs, like you, the Barmy Army on top of chairs, yeah. um, fist pumping and people holding people up. And it was just a, a great moment, I think, for all to share together. Um, obviously, we get support everywhere we go. And it's amazing. So to have that um, moment with you guys was, was pretty special. I'm yeah. sure Woody's a dead cert, Chris, for when his career's over, that he'll end up jumping yeah, in the yeah. Barmy Army for games or being a tour manager or something. There's only two current Barmy Army members or people that have, have been in the ground for the last, say, 18 months, and that was Woody at Southampton representing Singing Jerusalem and Randy Caddick. <laughs> <laughs> I've also getting stick for that, though. You know, I deliberately sang the first bit and the last bit, and I like need to learn the words. I was like, "What do you want to see the full rendition?" I couldn't, I couldn't make it last that long. That Jimmy would have started running. So I, don't, I don't know. How, you, you're gonna to have to tell us how to get the timings right because I was like, "I'm behind here. I need to quicken this up." Many, many hours of um, practice, mate. That's the only way to learn. <laughs> exactly, exactly. What did you think of Randy Carrick, Woody? Loved him. Absolutely loved him. He, at times, he thought that we couldn't um, hear him, or we didn't. But um, I heard, like, we all heard him every time. We tried to clap him every time he uh, sang Jerusalem. Um, he gave him great support. We went over, obviously, to him at the end. Um, he had a great banner of Deco at one point, which I, I which I particularly enjoyed. Um, and, yeah, I think, you know, incredible story um, that he did that. And um, we did very much appreciate it. I mean, even just having one fan there was, you know, I feel like you've got that extra backing, um, that extra person behind you, and that's... Uh, Pretty fun to have. Um, you're doing a bit of podcast stuff with Miles Jupp. 
That's uh, right. And we're jostling with each other in the podcast charts. But you know what? We're going to be good sports, Woody. And we're basically just going to be like, you know what? Tell us all about it. And, um, you know, I'm not saying that you have to do the same, but I'd be very disappointed if you didn't. Mm. So so my podcast is called Middle Please Umpire. Um, it's a better, funnier version than your podcast. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, you've got a genuine... You've got a comedian. We've got Brooksy. <laughs> <laughs> you got no, a professional uh, comedian we got a village idiot <laughs> <laughs> no it's um no it's, it's something that you know came around and um it was a chance to do something different um and try my hand at that and I, I have been enjoying it um i find it at times you know it can be a little bit stressful we're trying to you know do people enjoy what do people want to listen to you know things that i might say i think well people will just would just know that but actually you forget that people won't know the little things in the dressing room or, or, you know, that goes on on tour or things like that. But because you just think it's normal, I mean, Brooksy, you'll know what it's like when you're on the circuit or whatever. You just think little things are just normal, but people don't actually realise what goes on. And then they're actually interested in that. So when I've asked people, well, what do you think, what, what do you want to know about? And they're like, oh, we want to know more about this. I'm thinking, is that not a bit boring? But um, it just seems to be that that's what, that's what people want to hear. So it is going well. Um, I'm going to do a, a series two, I think, um, after this tour. So um, you can you can listen for hopefully some more tales. I listened to a bit of your one with Bluey the other day, and I nearly well, I texted him straight away when he he named me as his worst roommate. Was fuming. <laughs> really? I was absolutely livid. He's only roomed with me once for a couple of weeks in Bangladesh <laughs> about ten years ago. Well, that was enough, obviously. Do you know what I mean? You, you, last an impression. Well, I'll tell you why. It was because I was eating a modium like Smarties because I had issues. <laughs> uh, we've been there. We've all been there. <laughs> um, was, um, go on, go Chris. On, no, go on, Chris. Go on, Chris. No, I was just going to bring it to the India crowd territory now. Mm. Obviously, the biggest ground in the world coming up, 50% capacity. It's um, going from no one to... 50,000 India fans, or however many there will be, is going to be pretty um, interesting. Looking forward to it. Yeah, I think, you know, having fans back in the ground is, is, is good. Um, I think that's a good thing. Um, obviously, it's not in our favour. We're used to obviously having new guys and um, having that back in there. But I think for cricket lovers in general and, you know, putting that extra little bit of edge and spice, although the, the, it was done fantastically well in England, um, that's probably the thing that was missing, having the crowd when, yeah. you know, you really wanted. There was a couple of tense games, I remember, at the end, the end, the ODI, ODIs against Australia. And I really believe that if we had the crowd in, that we would have still won those games because they give you either that extra oomph or a couple of dot balls and you can feel the tension because the crowd put it on Australia. Um, and I really think that would have made a huge difference to, to the result. And, you know, credit Australia, they did play well, but the big difference... Was not having the fans. I think that would have that would have actually pushed it in our favour. I do, you know, as a from your point of view as a fan, you probably don't realise the impact that you have for us at times when we want that, you know, tension on the batter or the or their ball and attack because they can feel the the crowd. And that's what you know we're going to get when we go to this ground. I'm at about it every, you know, it's not just a four but a one here in India, and they go nuts for a one. So um, we're going to have to make sure that we're mentally strong and. Um, that we're prepared to deal with it um, and, and where it is sort of we're going into the lion's den and, and we've got to be right up against it and um, never never give up. 
quality. And how are you feeling anyway? I mean, look, massive year ahead this as we record this. Um, and it, I mean, are you just trying to, I mean, you're going to use that footballer's cliche on me here, aren't you? You're going to say one game at a time and all that kind of stuff. But I mean, you, you've got your eyes have got to wonder later on this summer, hopefully some fans back in the test grounds and stuff in front of home crowds. And then obviously the big one back end of the year. I mean, you've got to, you've got to have thought about that a little bit. You're a human being at the end of the day. I think it's just one game at a time. No, we do. We do. Uh, I'd be lying. I think it's that's a that's a TV answer that they say. Oh, yeah. it's one game at a time. I, I don't actually believe in that. I think you know we're always. If if that was the case, we wouldn't be resting, rotating. It's a massive year ahead. Um, yes, we want to win every game we're playing, but you know, I've always got uh, eye around that. 2020 World Cup, the Ashes is around the corner, massive series at home against India in different conditions. So you have things that you look forward to. You're not just planning to play here. You're planning, how can I get better? So what, the 2020 World Cup, can I get my skills up the up to date? I'm going to test myself against some some good players. There might be things I can look at down the line in the future, um, how to get them out, any sort of flaws they might have. So you always got your eye around the corner. Can I have my good form? That'll get me on that flight to Australia and the biggest, you know, series going. There's going to be fans back in. Um, so, it, it as much as I can give you a TV answer and say there's one eye on the corner, there's always a short-term goal and a long-term goal. And that long-term sort of vision never never leaves you, really. Mm, yeah. Well, look, it's a massive year. Really good luck as well. Um, and thanks for talking to us on here. We'll probably talk to you again down the line at some point. Um, Before and, we go, Mark, can, go can you just send a message to all the um, Barmy Army fans that are currently sat at home and uh, watching you all from home? Just want to know that they're all behind you and all supporting you as ever. Yes, thank you very much. Um, I know that obviously you can't be in the ground, but we do feel your support here. We see it on um, all social medias, uh, stuff like that. We see the videos. Uh, believe it or not, the lads do actually show each other and we do look at them. Um, and it's it's great that we always feel your support, no matter if we're home or away, um, whether you can be there or not, we do feel it. So it's greatly appreciated. Hope you're enjoying it and we'll try and get a few more wins on the board. Quality. Well said, Mark. Thanks so much, mate. Really appreciate it. And uh, go well. Go well. Enjoy the rest of the tour. Thanks, lads. Good to see you. Good to see you, mate. You. Take care. Podcast Network.